0: Hello, this is Ruin Willow with the oh fuck yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here because we're going to talk about something where people need help in relationships on my podcast. I talk about sex, sexuality. I have experts on like today's guest to help you have better relationships, better sex a better life, better quality of life. If you're under 18, though, it is time to leave the podcast, baby love, because we talk about adult topics. I also talk about erotica, so check out my erotic fiction episodes if you have not yet done that. Today's guest is Allison Jane. She is an EFT practitioner, author, and inspirational speaker. Her book, Learn to Date Like a Goddess, Find Love Again, is available. You can find her at inspiredlifetapping.com, learntodatelikeagoddess.com, and on IG, she gives dating after your divorce advice. You can also find her at datingafteryourdivorce.com. So she is a dating coach. She teaches women how to learn how to date and find a healthy partner. Learn to become a goddess after divorce and midlife. That is her focus to find love again. You can download her book and check her out. Okay. Now let's get into the meat of this discussion. We really had a fun time chatting. This is a fabulous episode for women and for men who maybe want to understand women better. So check it out and enjoy. Don't forget to check out my new releases. I did a safe for work audiobook, Heroes of the Carolingian Age, by Joseph S. Samaniego. That is out live. And my other recent book is Ruins Beach Getaway, which is a MILF story with an older woman, younger man, and they go to the beach to continue their sexual exploration. But you know what? Some love is sneaking in, so their relationship is getting more complicated. They're trying to figure it out, and they're living in the world out in the world in public and dealing with the fact that they are an age gap couple where she is older and he is younger. So it's very interesting. And you know what? Their whole goal is to please each other sexually. So they're fulfilling each other's fantasies. And they do this at the Beach House. So it's really fun. It's intense. There's a lot of sex. There's romance. There is relationship stuff and story. So check that out. I'll put the links to both of those down in the podcast show notes and my link to all my books and audiobooks. You can check them out. And you can request an advanced review copy of the audiobooks where I give you a code for free so you can listen for free in hopes that you will write a review for my book on Audible or Amazon. Thank you so much for listening to this and let's go. Hello, everyone. I'm really excited to talk to this person. She has really helpful information that will help people that really need help, that they really are in a place where. They're trying something in their life and they can't get there. And so I'm going to let her talk about what she does. But her name is Allison Jane, and she is a licensed social worker, right? Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're an inspirational speaker and an author. And tell us about your book.
1: So I wrote my book, Find Love Again, Learn to Date Like a Goddess, for, specifically for women at midlife who are still single and who are looking to find love again, and maybe not dating like a goddess, maybe dating from a place of of (laughs) disempowerment or even like fear, dread, bitterness Mm -hmm. sometimes. And it's understandable that a lot of women come out of a marriage like that, or just aren't. I don't think anybody expects to be single at midlife, you know, right. it's really, that wasn't the dream we were raised with. Exactly. And so when you suddenly find yourself there again, it can be really daunting to, you know, think about, okay, I've got to go out and start dating again. And are there any good guys out there and all this? So I wrote my book because of a combined sort of lived experience of my own experience, getting divorced and dating. hmm at midlife, along with my clients and my friends who I saw going through some of the similar struggles. And I really wanted to write a guide to help women shift out of that negative into this place, this goddess-like place of empowerment and excitement and boundary, you know, expecting the best in their (laughs) dating life. And I teach something called EFT tapping in the book, which is a combination of some traditional therapy stuff with tapping on your own acupressure points. oh and Yeah. And it's really kind of, I feel like the secret sauce of my book because at the end of every chapter, there's a tapping script. So what that helps women do is, you know, I'll teach a lesson. I'll teach sort of a, a concept in the chapter, but then when you tap on it, it kind of helps embed it in your brain and it kind of clears any maybe subconscious resistance you have to even accepting that idea.
0: I like that. It's kind of like you're, you're approaching it on two different levels. You know, the mental, well, mental, social, psychological, and actually physical then, correct? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. Yep. I like that. Yeah. And did you say the name of your book? I know what it is, <laughs> <laughs> tell everybody <laughs> the name. I don't know if you said it. It's Find Love Again, Learn to Date Like a Goddess. Oh yes. Maybe you did say that because that, that the goddess triggered. That's yeah. a great title. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so people can find this book on Amazon. Is that correct?
1: Yep. It's on Amazon, but also right now I'm offering something special for the listeners of the podcast I'm on. If you go to my website at learntodatelikeagoddess.com, you can actually download a free copy, an ebook copy of the book and check oh, it out.
0: Very cool. So people can just go there and download the book. How long is that going to go on for?
1: Um, right now for the next probably four weeks.
0: So, okay. So four weeks from today. Okay. All right. Awesome. And then, so, so do you have it as an ebook paperback, hardcover it's
1: paperback on Amazon? So anyone can, can purchase it there. And if you just, and if you want a paperback, I know some people are into paperbacks and so that's, you know, a option there, or if you want that ebook and I should say, if you, you know, go on and the ebook promotion isn't available anymore, people can always reach out to me. I'm happy to share. Mm. I really wrote the book kind of like a love letter to my fellow single women in life. Mm, and I, nice. I want to I wanna get it out there. I want women to begin to just start to change their thinking about dating. You know, like one of the chapters is called How Cinderella Fucked Me Up. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. And I, right. And uh-huh. I talk about how, you know, realized that when I was dating as a young woman, I really went out there thinking I needed to be chosen and I had to do what I needed to do. I had to, right. I had to like sort of put on a show, be pretty enough and cute enough and funny and smart and all the things to get chosen by a man. And and I think there's even, you know, I always remember that scene from Cinderella where the stepsisters are knocking each out of the, each other out <laughs> of the way, right? Uh-huh. Like there was this dynamic setup that I needed to be chosen that I was in competition with other women for this scarce resource of this one, you know, Prince Charming or whatever. And what I realized in post-divorce dating was like, yeah, wait a minute, I am choosing just as much as he is choosing me. Mm-hmm. And... When you shift your vibe and you show up on a date, a little more sort of, I like to say like energetically leaning back, kind of like, okay, let's, let's just see, you know, let's just see if you and I are a good fit, you have a much more attractive vibe rather than if you show up and you're really trying to impress, that's more a leaning in vibe of like, let me get you to like me. I mean, that's not very sexy, right?
0: (laughs) It's not. Yeah, what's really hitting me right now is I keep seeing this theme about people posting on online and on social media about how women are more taught to perform in what you just said is perform and also in the bedroom for sex. It's not about our pleasure. It's our performance. And so what you're saying, I like too, because we can reset that mindset and stop thinking of it that way. Absolutely.
1: And actually I have a chapter on sex that mm. talks exactly about that. It's called how to be a goddess in the bedroom. Mm. And it's, it's very similar because again, it's that lean back energy. It's that yeah. let him pleasure you energy. Right. Yeah, And I talk in there about how men, what I have discovered and through my own experiences and, and that of a lot of my friends and clients telling me is men, most men, I'm going to, I, I throw out their 90%. Some people question me on this, but I really do think <laughs> 90% of men just want to make their woman happy and they sure. do want to please you. And if they're not mm-hmm. that guy, don't date them because there's lots of guys.
0: <laughs> right. Go to <are> that 90%.
1: <laughs> and when you are able to, you know, receive in the bedroom and not worry mm-hmm. so much what happens is you get out of your head and you get in your body and you're not, Oh, what does he want next? What should I do? What do I need to do to make him happy? Instead you're just feeling the touch of his fingers on your skin and Mm -hmm. you're feeling his kisses on your neck and you're receiving, receiving, and then you are having so much fun. And guess what? He's having more fun too, because he wants to make you happy. And also I've had a number of guys tell me, if I know a woman is just trying to get me to orgasm, then I get in my head, and sometimes I can't perform. That's yeah.
0: orgasm. Then it's, it's them performing, right?
1: Right, yeah. and they're just like, I just know she wants this over with, and so I've got to get it over mm-hmm. with. And then when they're thinking that, they can't actually
0: orgasm, or <laughs> messing ourselves up, right? I mean, I <laughs> know <laughs> <and all> those.
1: <laughs> so I always say, the more, the more you get out of your head and in your body, and you just allow a man to please you, it's, it's really a win-win. It's better for him. It's better for you. And everybody ends up having much more fun in that context rather than when you're really caught up in your head. Like, does he like me? Does he like my body? What is he thinking? All those kind of things really get in the way and they get in the way of our orgasms for sure. I mean, it's yeah. orgasm when you're
0: thinking, thinking, thinking. Exactly. We're supposed to be feeling, we're supposed to be enjoying, having pleasure, not thinking about these other things that are encroaching in and just, yeah, ruining it. You know, just, yeah, absolutely. Totally limiting ourselves when we think that way.
1: (laughs) Right. And I know that that's a big mind shift set shift for women, and that's hard. And so that's where that tapping script comes in at the end of chapter. So I'll, you know, at the end of the sex chapter, for instance, there's a whole tapping script on clearing some of your blocks and fears around letting go and receiving and not worrying so much about what he's thinking or what's going to happen next. And just being in the moment. I talk a lot about using mindfulness in the bedroom.
0: Okay. Yeah. that
1: Mm -hmm. practice of being present and letting go of all that other stuff. So once you do the tapping script at the end, it actually then becomes easier Mm. to sort of employ, I guess, the mindset shift because the tapping, when you tap on your acupressure points, it sends a calming signal to the fight or flight part of your brain and it turns it off.
0: Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. So is it about pressure or is it just actually about touching particular areas? We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the spring cleaning champions, manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawn Mower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to Manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some or a pleasure and get some hairs in your mouth or your teeth well <laughs> manscape can help with that try being clean shaven in your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped.
1: Is about, well, that's a really interesting question if you just pressure. I mean, the studies have been done on tapping, you know, so using a certain amount of pressure. It's not a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And so all the research has been done on that. And it has been shown that it is these particular acupressure points that are used in EFT tapping, it stands for, by the way, emotional freedom technique, if anyone wants to.
0: Oh yeah. It. I was wondering that. I was going to ask that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And also on my website, there's a whole section of how to learn to tap and there's instructions and a video and all of that good stuff. And so what happens is, is when you tap on these specific acupressure points, what it's shown, shown to do is to move you very quickly into an alpha brainwave state. They've had people on mm-hmm. EEG. And that alpha is for anyone who doesn't know, that's like that drifty feeling you get before you fall asleep or in meditation or Shavasana and yoga, those kind of things. (laughs) And so that's alpha. So it quickly moves you into alpha, but it's also been shown to lower cortisol and blood and saliva tests. Oh, nice. That's that our stress hormone, right? So it lowers it an average of 24% from one uh, session of tapping. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty dramatically lowering your stress level. And the other thing that seems to be really interesting that seems to happen is there is a shift of a neural pathway. So if something, mm-hmm. a thought of something makes you anxious mm-hmm. and you tap on it long enough, it suddenly breaks that connection that says this thing makes me anxious. So like just taking something really simple, like being, I call new naked, like being naked with okay. someone new, right? Yeah. Wrong yeah. <laughs> marriage. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that you feel like really a lot of anxiety. But if you yeah. have, while you're thinking about that anxiety, while you're feeling that anxiety in your body, you will notice at some point it'll clear. The emotion feels like it sort of almost evaporates out of your body. It's really mm-hmm. a cool, cool perfect. feeling. That and then perfect. suddenly you can think about being naked with someone new and no longer feel that fear. And so the theory is that the neural pathway that connected that thought with your fight or flight part of your brain kind of gets pruned away. And now it's coming to your frontal lobe, which is like our logic, reason, judgment, our sort of healthier, if we will, executive sure. function part of our brain. And so now it can feel okay to think about it. And it can even
0: feel exciting to think about it. Now, is that something that would like last or is it something you have to like keep redoing for it to like? the effect of it to last. So that's
1: a great question. Can last and it can last for a very long time. When you look at it with simply using it with phobias, for instance, mm-hmm. I, when I first got trained, my son, I think was seven. I tapped experimentally with him that night in my training After my training On his fear of the dark, he is now 16 and he's never been afraid of the dark since.
0: Oh, wow. That's really cool. (laughs) We're
1: tapped with people on traumatic memories and clients now that I've done this uh, seven or eight years ago and they still tell me, nope, I have no no physiological, no fight or flight reaction to that memory anymore. It's completely gone. They still remember it, but they just don't have hyper arousal, you know. Sweaty palms and all that that comes when you think of something. So it can clear for good. Now, the caveat I will say to that is in EFT tapping, we think of problems like a tabletop. And mm-hmm. so if you think of the top of the table as the problem, then what are the legs that are sort of keeping that problem in place? Mm-hmm. And you want to tap it one, tap out one at a time. Ah, yeah. So for instance, I have a food example in my head, but I can't think of a dating one off the top of my head right now, but with food, you can tap on sugar cravings and get rid of them. Cause a lot of times they're Oh remote. yeah, sure. You can tap on like, let's say jelly beans, and then you won't want to eat jelly beans, but then the next <laughs> week you might want to eat M&M's. So then you have to tap on that. And then the next week it might be that. So as an EFT practitioner, I'll say, okay, well, if the tabletop is sweets cravings, mm-hmm. let's look at the legs that are keeping that in place. Is it because when you were a kid, your best memories were getting sweets from your grandma. Or you don't have sweetness in your life right now, and you're feeling sad about that, so you're craving it. And so then we'll tap on those emotional connections okay. and clear those
0: out. And so, so like, oh no, go ahead, and then I'll ask my question.
1: <laughs> no, go ahead. yeah. So it, basically, that's just how it can be more complex than a you know one time tapping potentially.
0: Right. So my question was like, say you have anxiety. I mean, just, you know, dating is anxiety. Do you have to like think about all the different scenarios for tapping or can you just think anxiety? I mean, does it have to be specific or can it be general?
1: So there is a saying in EFT that says for results (laughs) to be terrific, you need to be specific. (laughs) Got it. Okay. (laughs) General tapping works. General tapping works. I kind of liken it to like brushing your teeth versus going to the dentist, right? So you can do some general tapping. It's going to help you, is going to regulate your nervous system over time. So it's mm-hmm. going to help lower your stress level overall. And it's also going to help you manage and deal with day-to-day stress. But if you want really good, like fantastic life-changing results, you mm-hmm. want to get specific.
0: Okay. And you
1: don't have to knock out every leg under the table. Cause if you think about it, if a table has four legs, you knock out three of them, it's going to collapse.
0: So yeah.
1: It's like every little nuance thing. But the more specific you can get, the better. So for instance, if you are um, feeling like there's no good men left out there, then you can mm. tap on your general negative feeling about that and mm. it can help shift you. But what would be more helpful is if you said, I'm going to tap on, there's no good men out there because I just talked to three different guys online that were all uh, catfishers or something like that. Okay. Without that most recent experience and that most sort of the biggest emotional connection you have and you mm-hmm. tap on that, then you'll, then you'll clear things a lot faster and a lot deeper.
0: That makes sense. So, yeah. yeah so, you know, and I guess kind of, do well, you, you think of it like you just do the tapping as the thought comes to you. So it's not like you're going to have to sit down and make a list. Okay. I'm going to tap on this and I'm going to tap on that. Like, you know, like it comes up and then, then you do it. Right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you could do
1: it both ways, actually. So there okay. is a concept called the personal peace procedure where the founder of EFT says, write them all out and tap on them one at a time and check one off your list a day type of thing. I've never been able to do that. I'm just not that organized. But what <laughs> I have done is I have taken a specific issue and written down a couple different aspects of that issue and then tapped when I felt like it, not necessarily every day, but when I've, you know, had some time, and what's kind of helpful about writing it down is that you can see that your progress, because sometimes your neural pathway shifts so much, you forget a problem was a problem.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I tapped with this woman one time on her fear of spiders and it was, I was seeing her and her boyfriend at the same time and we tapped for a while on it. And at the end she was like, well, I don't feel any different. I mean, Look, there's a little spider right there. I mean, that doesn't bother me. Little spiders don't bother me. And her boyfriend was in the background, like shaking his head and, and whispering to me, like, "No, they totally did. They did. They did." <laughs> like he was like, I "Can't believe she's not freaking out about that little spider." Wow. So, yeah. So sometimes that can happen. And and that's the other thing I should say. If you are tapping on something, it's good to write down sort of your emotion level with mm-hmm. it. If you're wanting to see your progress, so you know, if you're nervous at a level eight and you start tapping about your upcoming date and then check in at the end of a round, what's your new number? And just see, is your number going down? And sometimes it can drop from an eight to a three in one round.
0: Mm. Sometimes
1: it's only going to drop to a seven and then there's more rounds to be done. And I would say that things will drop very quickly if they don't have some deep sort of deeper entrenched childhood stuff with it. Okay. So that's kind of a clue. If something's not really moving, there might be something deeper going on that you're associating your mm-hmm. present day problem with at a subconscious level, and you might not be aware of it. Okay. And so that could that could be a situation where you feel a little stuck and that's tends to be a good time for a practitioner. I mean, I even work with a practitioner myself. I have a mentor mm-hmm. me, on those things. And it is helpful because sometimes he can see connections that I can't see. And then once we tap on it, it's just amazing. I feel like a totally different. I mean, in fact, that's how the book happened. That's oh, cool. <laughs> because I was really um feeling anxious about this was a year ago when I was 48, but I was feeling anxious about my upcoming 50th birthday. Okay. Yep. And so he's like, let's tap on it. So we started. Tap- <laughs> And sometimes when you clean, clean out the emotional gunk, insight will drop in. So we started tapping and I had this insight that, oh, wow, I always wanted to write a book. And I feel like if I turn 50 and I don't do it, somehow I'm missing my life or something. I don't
0: know. Yeah, sure, sure. (laughs)
1: So, and so I had that realization and then he was like, well, what's holding you back? And I was like, well, I guess just sort of the fear of being seen, the fear of being vulnerable, I knew if I wanted to write this book, I would have to be it's a very personal book. I tell a lot of personal stories. Mm, yes, but those are the kind of books I like to read, So that's the kind of True. book I want to write. Right. So I had to really clear all my subconscious blocks and fears to putting myself out there. You know, I have two teenage boys like, oh, God, are they going to be a You know, like that. Kind right. Of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to tap all that away and clear it. And once I did, I wrote the book and published it in six months.
0: Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Very cool. Well, yeah. as you we were talking, a question popped into my head. So like, sure, everybody has anxiety, right? But what about these people who are diagnosed with anxiety? There may even be on medication. Will this help them? Or is that like too strong of anxiety for this type of a therapy?
1: Can help them for sure. I mean, okay. obviously, I'm not saying anyone should go off medication or not. Right, doctors. But yes, it can definitely help them. It's just sort of people can think of it like another tool in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most people who've been diagnosed with anxiety, they might be on medication, but they might also be learning deep breathing, meditation, mm. and these other things. So it just kind of falls in that category, just another sure. tool that could okay. definitely help. And I think makes that the sense. best time to use tapping is when you're feeling the feelings. Mm-hmm. That's when it's going to be most effective. So if you're you know, in the car and you're running late and you're supposed to be meeting this date and now you're thinking, oh God, like he's going to be upset that I'm like, <laughs> You, that's a perfect time to tap because there's nothing else you can do if you're already running late yeah. in traffic, right? You don't have you have very little control in that situation, but mm-hmm. you have control over a tool you can use on yourself to make yourself feel more calm. So you still show up calm, cool, and collected when you get on the date.
0: So this is something you can do for a short time. I mean, is there a specified time? Like, is it can you do it short? Is that beneficial? Does it have to be a do they have they have people studied that? Like, is have to be a certain length of time? Um,
1: So, so not necessarily, it's basically nine points that you tap in a, in a, in a certain order, the order is not that important. It just helps with muscle memory. And so all the research is done on this sort of one particular order. Well, I shouldn't say all, uh, most of it. And, and so you just tap through a round, take a deep breath, check in with your number, tap through another round, take a deep breath, check in with your number. That's basically Mm -hmm. how goes. And you'll just see, and most people get relief from one round to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. And like I said, it might just be a drop in from an eight to a seven, or it might be a drop from an eight to a two in one round. So it can take seconds or it can take a while. So I would say, I mean, I have myself cleared people's phobias in 10 to 15 minutes
0: that have come back. (laughs) Aggressive, <laughs> yes,
1: yes, and I have worked with clients for several years on maybe more like childhood trauma, you know, deeper mm-hmm. that that we need to unpack slowly and carefully and tap on in in small chunks because you don't want to do is going to overwhelm. Yeah. And so like, for instance, if you do have diagnosed anxiety and you just start tapping, I have all this anxiety all the time. You can actually maybe overwhelm yourself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why, again, it's better to just be specific. Just start out with what's making you anxious specifically this morning and mm-hmm. tap on that. You're going to get better results if you do it that way.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. So and when I was looking at you online, <laughs> I saw things like Te- you teach women how to learn, how to date, and find a healthy partner. Now you've been talking about all this tapping and stuff. Are there other things you talk about in the book, or is the book more focused on what we've been talking about just now?
1: Yeah, I mean, the book is is basically teaches eight mindset shifts okay. that women can incorporate that will improve their dating life. And like I said there's tapping script at the end, but even if you don't do the tapping, you can still take a lot away because I sort of what I did is I pulled together my knowledge as a therapist and my background in neuroscience with my own lived experience and the experience of of others in my life. And so I just sort of pulled that all together to sort of say, okay, here's what's happening and here's why it's happening. Mm. So one example is I talk about, um, there is a a part of our brain called the reticular activating system that is responsible for seeing and identifying patterns. Mm. So that's the part of your brain when you decide, okay, I'm going to buy myself a Jeep. And then suddenly you see Jeeps everywhere and you're thinking,
0: Yes. Were those there before? <laughs> I, right. before. I know that feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah. So your brain starts to tune into that. Right. Mm. And so, so one of the things that I talk about is if you can clear, let's say your limiting belief around, there's no good men left out there. You will start to see good men that you literally your brain wasn't seen because if your brain, if your reticular activating system is programmed to only see jerk guys, then where you go, that's what your attention is going to be drawn to. Sure. And so if you can clear away that idea and start to affirm and, or tap on or affirm just on the regular, no, there are good guys. There's lots of good guys out there. I believe it then your brain is going to start to see them. And so one of my favorite stories that I tell in the book is the story of a woman who did a lot of her own personal work. She did tapping. She did a lot of different things, um, other energy and therapy modalities to just work on herself and improve her self-esteem and her confidence and things like that. And before then she had been dating jerk guys that weren't treating her well, basically Mm. for about eight years, this process was going on. And she continues to do the work. she's feeling healthier. she's starting to have more boundaries and cut those guys out and okay. She gets on her elevator. she'd been living in this high rise building this whole time one day and meets this super handsome guy, and they start chatting and he asks her out and mm. they and they start dating and I've seen pictures of him. he's objectively handsome, okay, which I think is <laughs> for this story because. Yeah. <laughs> They end up having, you know, a great time. They start dating. He treats her like an absolute goddess. She's like, oh my mm. God, I love this man. I've never experienced a guy, a guy this good before. Wow. And what he tells her, you know, for eight years we've been riding that elevator together.
0: <laughs> You've never paid attention to me. Wow. That's a that's a that's a slap in the face, too. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Right. He said,
1: I always had a crush on you, but you just never noticed. Oh,
0: you. man.
1: Oh. And and there was nothing wrong with her except her reticular activating system was looking yeah. for guys to fit the pattern of what she believed was out there, which is jerk guys.
0: Sounds like a kind of like tunnel vision, you know, like, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it sounds like, you know, you need to get rid of those assumptions. Like we have these assumptions. And so she was like living, living those assumptions. Right made her not be open. She was closed off. She had blinders on. Right. right. Vision. Mm.
1: Exactly. And and we can assume in our favor or we can assume not. I yeah. mean, we have choice over that, right? True. And that's what I talk about a lot in the book is that we, we make these decisions of how we think and how we show up. And mm-hmm. it's really hard, I think, because a lot of this has been deeply ingrained in us from childhood's mm-hmm idea that you can assume in your favor. Most people at first are like, no, I can't. That's not (laughs) true. (laughs) Most people feel so sort of interwoven with their thoughts that they don't recognize that their thoughts are actually separate from them. And Mm -hmm. you can have a choice about what you think. And it's hard. It's not easy. That's where I think the tapping helps, but, but you can. And so you can start to, you can go around the world and think, you know, I'm never going to find a good guy. Or you can go around the world and say, I am going to find him. I know I'm going to find yeah. him. It's going to happen for me. And the more you assume that, the A, the better you feel because you're just yeah. thinking about thoughts, thoughts every day. Yes. And- be your priming your reticular activating system to actually see. And that's why I say in this, in that particular story, this man was objectively handsome. The fact that she did not see <laughs> Right. Him,
0: <laughs> total blinders
1: I, blew me away. I was like, how did you not see that guy? So, yeah. <laughs> really interesting. It's really interesting.
0: Right. So, and that he was thinking about her all this time and she just was like, probably just totally ignoring him, no. you know, like, you know, no eye contact, even maybe, like just. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, some of it can have deeper roots. I mean, I think that it's very easy. And this is something I talk about in the book to feel that love is equated with emotional unavailability. If you grew up Mm -hmm. with a parent who was emotionally unavailable one or both, right. And so then your brain thinks that that is love. So you, you meet a guy who's sort of hot Old and you get all juicy and like attracted to him because your brain has this association. And sure. so you have to learn to break that association. And that's tricky. And mm-hmm. the tapping can help a ton with that because it's really tricky to just sort of think your way through it, but possible, but it's harder. The tapping helps speed that process up. And, and then you start to realize that Actually, okay, that's just an old story that is in my subconscious programming. It is not true. It's never been true. Love can be consistent. Love right. can be adoring. Mm. You know, I can receive. I talk a lot about the book about being in your feminine energy and receiving. Sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to be one go 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 do 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 all the time because that's just right. Exhausting for women, so it is,
0: but it's kind of you know our culture, it's our society, it's kind of like put on us as women that that's how it's supposed to be and that's normal, you know. Like I hate the word yeah. normal. I just right. try to stay away from that word.
1: <laughs> right, right. And I think that I think that we have to be in sort of. I talk about in the book like masculine, feminine energy. So that masculine energy is that do or go productive mm. energy, and we as women have to be in that for work or maybe if you're. And you know those kinds of things. You have to be in that masculine energy most of the time, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of women stay in that energy in heterosexual relationships, and it doesn't serve them there in the same way. Because you know, if you are, I had a someone I worked with who said when she was going through her divorce, her soon to be ex-husband said to her, you know, I just feel like you, you've got it. Like you do everything. You've got everything under control and there was no room for me in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, can happen. You know, a man wants to be a good man, wants Mm to do for his woman, wants to produce and be productive. And Mm -hmm if we don't allow that him to do that because we're so busy controlling every little thing that we we do, we sort of crowd him out. And we also just exhaust ourselves Yeah, when when we're the one doing all the things. Now I always like hesitate to talk about this because I don't want people to take it the wrong way. I mean, I was a women's studies major. I am like women's lib all the way, Mm -hmm. not talking about being subservient or just you know, letting the man do everything and you do nothing. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about being open to receive his love and his adoration. Mm. And, you know, if he wants to buy you flowers and he brings home flowers, you know, don't meet him at the door and go, Oh, that's just a waste of money. What are you doing? You know?
0: All right. <laughs>
1: I'm talking about like, Oh my God, like really like that is so sweet, you know, and just really appreciating the gestures and receiving those. And, and, um, and letting him step up and do things for you and not needing to feel like you have to do it all the time. I think a lot of women do that because we're just used to being in control yeah. and mm-hmm. it can feel safer to be in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also not talking about being a doormat because I actually think being a doormat is sort of masculine energy too. Cause if you're just doing for your guy, you're cooking for him, you're buying him things, you're trying to make him happy. Mm-hmm. That's. Actually, masculine energy too. It doesn't maybe look like it as much, but it, right. So, the yeah. feminine energy is this goddess energy. This I am a goddess. I am worthy of worship and adoration. And I'm going to let my man do that Next. and just bathe in it and receive it. And it's super sexy. Men love it. They are drawn <laughs> to women who are in that goddess feminine energy. Sure. And women can get to be more in flow then and not have to do and just kind of go with it rather than have to plan everything and all that kind of stuff. So there's a whole chapter. I go way in depth on this in the book, but it's one of those chapters that even the married people who have read the book have said, wow, that really made me think and made me change how I'm showing up in my relationship to a whole extent.
0: Well, it makes sense. I mean, when you think about it that way, it it totally makes sense, everything you said. So Yeah, I can see people. It is, it's a total mindset and you get used to a certain way, you know, and as you move through your life, things change, but maybe you're still stuck in an old mindset that no longer applies. Exactly. Yep. Right. So one sentence I saw that I just wanted to ask you about too is, how can dating be the greatest opportunity of self-discovery? Like, you don't see that. There's always just, it seems like there's more negativity around dating (coughs) and that is like a positive
1: yeah, absolutely. I think that, <laughs> that is probably one of the most important mindset shifts that mm. I talk about in my book, because what it does is it shifts you from dating in this way of looking for the one, you know, mm-hmm. which can have kind of a desperate and pressured vibe. <laughs> right. Um, right. To dating saying, okay, I am going to go into every date looking to see what I can learn about me from mm. the Okay. And almost using it as your own little personal therapy. So going into a date and let's say you get there and right away, you're like, Oh, it's a no. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And now you can either either leave or you can be regretful that you just wasted, you know, hair and makeup or whatever. (laughs) Or you can say, all right, I'm here. I'm going to see what this guy has to show me or what I can learn about myself in this experience and just really almost take like an observer role and look at how am I sitting? What's my posture? Am I leaning forward? Am I slumped back? Am I tense? Am I relaxed? You know, what what energy am I getting from this guy? What is it I don't like about him? What is it that's a no? What am I learning that I don't feel comfortable with here? You can even just maybe say, what is it about this place we're at that I can learn something about? Oh, I like this wine or I don't like this, you know, wine or whatever. So so just using dating as a learning opportunity will help you so much. It helps you to show up in more of that goddess vibe. It helps you to really get more discerning on what it is you're looking for mm-hmm. and what it is that you want to choose and not just be chosen, right? And yes. and what it is that is really going on inside your heart when, you, when you're when you going out on these days. And what is it you really want? And are you settling? Are you not settling? Are you lying to yourself about something? You'll know if you're lying to yourself if you start observing yourself. If you start observing your body, you're going to know sure. your voice. Gets more high pitched. You get tenth. You get you know? so. So if you come home from a date and your girlfriends are like, "How was it?" and you are like, "Oh, yeah, was good. I, he seems to have a lot of things on my checklist." You know, and you are you are already lying to yourself. There is some. Somebody might have all the things on your checklist, and you might think, "Oh, I got to stop being so picky." So what am I doing? You can think like that and really berate yourself, or you can just start to observe yourself and say, "Okay." Mm-hmm. Yep, he has all these things on my checklist. Am I being too picky or am I being picky because I'm just energetically not feeling it? Or, right. am, I, or am I being picky because actually I'm still pretty close-hearted because I'm actually not emotionally available, I'm not over my last boyfriend or something, you know? So you get to observe yourself and know yourself and know exactly what it is you need, want, and feel, which is actually going to bring you a much healthier partner yes, than you would otherwise probably attract.
0: Yeah. To me, it just sounds like you're just learning to be more self-focused instead of the performing again. And and yeah. thinking, oh, this person looks right for me on paper, but I don't feel a click. Because in truth, we do feel clicks with people. You know, there's people that we meet and we're instantly like, oh, there's something about them and other people not. So that's a thing. And I know nobody can like quantify that or study it really, but it is a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so when you
1: start to tune into your body more and more, you start to pick up on that stuff more and more. Mm-hmm. And you start to discern, you know, is it a spark? Because this does remind me of a past unhealthy relationship, which then Mm -hmm. question that pattern and break that pattern. Mm -hmm. Or is it a spark? Because it's truly a spark. And I truly feel something about this person's energy and their vibe and just the way they are in the world that feels like somebody I want to be around more.
0: Absolutely. So when you see someone who is about to enter the dating world, what are the first things that you would say to them?
1: Well, I think that the very first thing I would say to them is, have you taken uh, some time to Mm -hmm. figure out exactly what it is you're looking for on -hmm. these dates? And to the point we just made, it's fine if you haven't, because you can use the dates to figure that out. But what you don't want to do is go in blindly and just start throwing darts at the wall. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> it's easy to do that, especially with online dating nowadays. You can be like, oh, like 10 dates in a week if you really wanted to. So, right. <laughs> so it's easy to just start going out there and sort of frantically dating from this frantic place of to be in a relationship again. Mm-hmm. So I would say, Pause. <laughs> Take a break. you know figure out what it is you're really looking for. What it is that is is going to be different and new. Don't fall for dating for the same person in a different body. You know, like mm-hmm. like start being aware of patterns. And if you are dating somebody who has a very similar pattern to the relationship you just left, you want to do some work on that. And you want to ask, what is that about? Why am I doing that? is it okay this time or is it not okay? And Mm -hmm. it might be okay if you have healthier boundaries and you're able to approach it differently. Mm -hmm. But what you don't want to do is end up going too far down the road with that person and then just ending up in the same heartbreak that you just left.
0: Right. Which brings me to another question. What do you say to people who are trying to get over a heartbreak? Do they need to just slow down or what, what would they do or what could they do?
1: Well, I'm go- I'm definitely going to say tapping is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, will tell you that. I will tell you that because you can really start to clear out all the sadness and the grief, and that is definitely not a one-time tapping kind of situation because grief is grief, and yeah, I don't think we think about it as grief. It's like if you know I I have a, somebody I, I know in my life who was in a very long-term relationship and over a decade. And when that ended people within like, you know, a few months were kind of saying to her, are you going to start dating again? Or are you going to start dating again? Yeah. I had another friend who was in a 12 year marriage and he passed away and uh, people would never dream of having said to her, are you going to start dating? Right? Again? Isn't
0: that weird? It's true though.
1: Right. I had to say, Hey, look, you are just as entitled to grieving as you know, someone who actually lost their partner because, and obviously the grief is different, but, Mm -hmm. but it's still grief and it can still be very protracted. And the longer you were in a relationship, it stands to reason the longer you might need to grieve. Yeah. And as I think probably everybody knows now, grief has different stages. There's Mm -hmm. anger and the bargaining and the denial and the resentment. And we have, we go through all these different stages. Each one can be a tapping target, by the way.
0: Uh, okay, (laughs) Sure, sure.
1: Yeah, but you need to, you do need to work through it. And I, again, I think it's okay to date through it, but maybe mm-hmm. just know that you're not really <laughs> at your best and you might not be attracting in your best as a result. But if you really want to, you can, as long as you're just, as long as you just have some awareness and some perspective and you can kind of step outside yourself and see yourself a little bit. I think the danger is if you're not observing yourself, you could get sucked into something that is really unhealthy. Or you could go around like breaking a lot of other people's hearts. (laughs) You're not emotionally available. So you want to be sort of careful about that too. But I do think that sometimes grief just takes time and a heartache takes time to overcome. and it's not real to say, don't date the whole time you're
0: grieving, right, yeah, because there's really no way to put a time limit on such a thing, you know, it's exactly, yeah, you really can't do that. And I, and I think too, you know you were talking about how people have like a panic, like, oh my gosh, I need to get out there. and I think we need to you know, I feel like people need to get out of the time the mindset of like there's one person out there for me, and I better get better get working because I may or may not find this person you know, there's not going to be just one person, you know, like, I think we have that, maybe that's a Cinderella thing. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. I, I hear, what I hear all the time is I, I need to find someone quick because I don't want to grow old alone. Right. And, you know, I sort of talk about it a little bit reverently in the book, but I'm like, listen, you're, you can meet someone tomorrow, fall in love. It could be great. And he could die in a year. And then you're alone again, alone again. Right. Right? I mean, like, I think that we <laughs> humans think we have more control over this shit than we do.
0: You I know, think that's, yeah, I think you're right.
1: <laughs> so you just don't know. So, so there's no, it is a fallacy to say I'm running out of time, but it is a very mm-hmm. tempting fallacy. I mean, I yeah. have felt the panic. I'm not saying I'm above it. So, but it but it is a fallacy because we can't really control long term things. Most right. people are not going to die at the exact same moment as their partner. That's just not realistic. No. So, <laughs> so most people are going to be alone at some point before they yeah. right. and so I think that again, if we need to shift that thinking to like you're saying, not not necessarily being so caught up on the one or or I've got to find it quick but just being mm-hmm. caught up on, this is what I want. I want, I want juicy love. I want epic love. <laughs> I want a man who like doors the heck out of me, who I adore the heck out of right back. Like just right. more in terms of the qualities that you want mm-hmm. in the relationship, how you want to feel, how you want to feel inside yourself when you're with your partner, that kind of stuff A, it's much more fun to daydream about and B, it takes the pressure off of this. I got to find someone. And it's much more likely that you'll end up in a happier relationship than if you're just looking to settle down with someone so that you can have someone to bring to parties again. And you're not a, right. you have your one again. I mean, you know, like, but yeah. I mean, some people do that. They're just like so mm-hmm. anxious being alone that they yes. just need to be with someone. Doesn't really matter that this person doesn't make them feel good when they're together or this person doesn't make them, doesn't prioritize them. It's like, well, you know, those are, those are the women that'll make a lot of excuses, you know? Well, yeah, he doesn't prioritize me, but, you know, this is- <sighs> And I mean, you can be in that relationship. It's just going to be very unfulfilling. And eventually you're going to feel really lonely, even though you're in a relationship.
0: Right. That makes perfect sense. And, you know, and then that sounds like settling, you know, like, yeah, just to be with someone, just to be with someone, if you're settling, if there are parts you don't like, yeah, just, just because you want to be able to say, I have a significant other, you're not doing yourself any favors. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, going to sound a little pie in the sky, but I know a number of couples who really, there's no settling, there's no compromising. They are like Mm. so in love, long-term in love. I truly personally believe everyone can have that. Mm-hmm. I hear all the time, oh, well, you got to do 80 20, or relationships are hard. Relationships take work. I mean, there, there is a partnership that goes on, of course, but yeah. I do believe that love can be fairly easy and that mm-hmm. it can feel really good most of the time, not just 80% of the time. And if we settle for eighty for the 80-20, then that's what we're going to get. But if mm-hmm. we just dream bigger and expand our sort of vision for what is possible, then mm-hmm. attract that in. There is um, an author I talk about in the book, Dr. Gay Hendricks, who talks about this concept of the upper limit problem. Mm-hmm. It's this cognitive trap we get into where we think we can only have so much. So if I say, how much happiness is it okay for you to have? a hundred percent, or can you only have 80% or can you have 150%? And most Mm. people that'll blow their mind, like 150%, I can't be that happy. So that's your upper limit. And what happens Mm. is when you start to get close to your upper limit, if you start to get close to maybe, let's say yours is 90%, you start to get close to 90, you will start to think thoughts and act in ways that sabotage your happiness bring it back down to your comfort zone. Mm. It's wild, but people do it. And it's <laughs> the example he gives is that when he discovered this was, he was sort of daydreaming in his backyard and he was aware that he was feeling great, that everything was going great. He was so happy, so in love with his life, super content with work and feeling fulfilled, all these good things. He was just like ruminating about how good he felt, the sunshine, the backyard, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden he was like, I wonder if my daughter's okay on her on her trip abroad. I'm I'm worried about her and and then observed it. So he would observe. Wait, what did I just do in my own mind? Because right. I it's great and everything was going good. And suddenly I started obsessing about a worry thought about something I have no control over. Right, right, because mm-hmm. he has no control over if she was having no. a good time. And he was like, "Why did I do that?" And he realized that it was because. He was feeling so good and so happy Mm. that it was moving out of his comfort zone, moving past his upper limit. And so his brain dropped in a negative thought to bring him back down.
0: That's very interesting. And I do feel like I, now that you describe that, I do feel like I do that and people do that. I've seen people do it too. Yeah.
1: All the time. A lot of times when people do these really self-sabotaging things that you think, why did they do that? You know, <laughs> right. like, like they just uh, leave some evidence out of cheating if they're cheating, right? And then they get right. caught and you think that was so dumb. Like why did they leave <laughs> right. you know, that picture out or that phone out or whatever? So this is the subconscious sabotage that we do a lot of times is because of this upper limit. The okay. book is called The Big Leap for anyone who's interested, and he gives tons of okay. examples there of, of, of how people will self-sabotage themselves, and it's very interesting. It's also like Carl Young talks about it as like our shadow, right? And our shadow oh, okay. and self-sabotage, but it happens when we start to feel too good sometimes. And maybe mm-hmm. we like we don't deserve feeling this good or maybe just simply just feels uncomfortable, like stretching mm-hmm. into new clothes that
0: we're not used to wearing. Right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And I you know, it's, that doubt that creeps in there. But yeah, that's kind of like those kind of things are kind of all floating on the outside or somewhere in our brains where I can see how then, like, wait, I'm really happy. But what if this happened? You know, like exactly. But <laughs> what if this, what if that? <laughs> and most of those what if thoughts are things we have no control over. That's right. the most
1: part. So uh-huh. we stress our own selves out and we bring our own selves down with worry thoughts about things we cannot control. And it right. is, it is an epidemic. Um, I mean, not to get too neuroscience science nerding out, but <laughs> uh, people can also follow Dr. Joe Dispenza, who talks a lot about how we can get addicted to our own biochemistry around stress and worry. And that uh, we have these worried thoughts, our body produces a certain sort of chemical cocktail mm-hmm. of, of stress hormones, and we can get so used to them. and you know, when we get stressed out, we do feel a little awake and alive, right? Which is mm-hmm. better than mm-hmm. feeling depressed or tired or exhausted, right? So, so when we stress ourselves out, our body creates this chemical cocktail, we get addicted to it. And then when we, when we, stop the worry thoughts and we take our attention off our body produces other chemicals more calming chemicals and mm. then and then we think well this feels weird <laughs> <laughs> so then our subconscious will kick in with the worry thoughts again just to create this chemical cocktail that we are physiologically Logically addicted to.
0: Right. Well, it's so yeah.
1: intriguing. I know it's wild, but.
0: <laughs> and it does make sense to think of it that way. It's just like, I don't normally, I don't, don't I wouldn't have like just thought of that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I would have had to hurt it, yeah. it, you know, but it does make perfect sense. I mean.
1: Right. Yeah. And it explains why it's so hard to change our thinking and so yeah. hard to break yeah. these habits and so hard to be positive and let go of things we can't control and all that kind of stuff. Because we are, we're fighting our own subconscious and our own biology, (laughs) which we
0: might not even be aware of, like you said.
1: (laughs) right? And again, so the tapping, like I said, the tapping sends that calming signal. It shuts off that biochemistry. It shuts Mm -hmm. off those subconscious thoughts. That's why it can, people can make really dramatic improvements in their sort of mental status with tapping a lot faster than just regular talk therapy. And I no hating on psychotherapy because I am a trained psychotherapist, regular yeah. as a psychotherapist for twenty years. But uh-huh. now that I've discovered tapping, I only do tapping with clients because yeah. I feel so much better, faster, more powerful. And there's a lot. There's a lot of mind body movement in the field. EMDR is another one people may have heard of that has a lot of similar effects and results as EFT tapping. And so it's just exciting. It's an exciting time for the field because I feel like finally people are able to make breakthroughs in all of this stuff a lot mm-hmm. faster because A, we understand the neurobiology of how and why it's happening. Right. And we have better tools. We have better options mm-hmm. for moving through and
0: moving out of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Very, very needed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, this has been so awesome. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you really wanted to talk about or say?
1: Yeah, actually, there's just one last thing that I do wanna add. And it's from one of the later chapters in my book. And it is simply about embracing fun in your life. Focusing on that more than dating is actually gonna raise your vibe the most and really bring out sort of your highest goddess version of yourself and I talk about sort of what I call making a goddess bucket list, but make a list of all those things you ever wanted to do now that you're single. I think it's easy to get sort of bummed out when you're single, like, the world is for couples. Everybody's doing all these mm-hmm. couples. And that is true. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so combat that with create a goddess bucket list, make a list of all the things you ever wanted to do that you were never able to do when you were, you know, coupled. I know mm-hmm. for me, the one of the first things I did, we sort of split up the airline miles in my divorce. And, and I took myself to Paris for the weekend because, I always wanted him to do it with me. He never wanted to do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And yeah. it amazing. It was the most empowering thing. And everybody said, oh, don't do it. You're by yourself. It's scary. You know, everybody tried to talk uh, me out. Sure. Nope, nope, nope. I'm doing it. <laughs> so, so make that list. And it can, and put some big audacious things on there like that. You know, put sailing mm-hmm. Mediterranean or hiking Sedona or whatever. But also, <laughs> also put smaller things. Like sure, I'm sure. going to take pottery class or I'm going to... Take sailing lessons, or I'm going to, you know, hike every Sunday, just whatever it is that gets you, that brings you joy, that makes you feel sort of all juicy and mm-hmm. in your feminine and in your, you know, excitement, put those things down, some little, some small, and then just start doing them. And it obviously it's easier to start with the littles, but (laughs) if you write down the big ones, you're priming that reticular activating system to start looking for those opportunities, by the way, and Mm -hmm. you'll be amazed. They'll start falling in your laps. Things happen. (laughs) I literally said at one point, my next trip, I want to go to London. And then I totally forgot about it. And like a year later, a friend of mine from high school called me up and she said, Hey, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm going to be in London for work for the weekend for free. I don't have to work. And I thought to myself, who do I know that's nuts enough to come <laughs> to London for the weekend? And so I'm calling you. So all I had to do was pay for my flight and the hotel was free. So oh, you know, it's nice. just going to start to happen and start to fall in a place mm-hmm. when you start priming your brain and getting excitement and feeling, you know, sort of law of attraction, like feeling into it before it happens. Sure. Sure. Things will come to you. And I really think that that is one of the best ways to combat like the dating blues, you know, the, Oh God, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing anyone or I'm not getting ass out or I'm not finding, you know, just let it go. Just let it go. Create your goddess bucket list, focus on yourself and your fun for a while. And you'll, be out there doing things more and you might actually meet someone (laughs) in the wild, as we say.
0: (laughs) All right, out in the wild, yeah. (laughs) I love it. That makes perfect sense. It really does. (laughs) And it's also fun. So, hey, fun having fun. Yes. Yes.
1: You come across much more goddessy when you're out there having fun. And I say, and it doesn't hurt to go out there and do these things and take a few pictures if you want some pictures for your online profile. Because, mm, um, yes. you know, pictures of you and your like fun, high vibe self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carry, you know, they convey that. Those pictures convey that. So
0: perfect idea. Absolutely. Which <laughs> <laughs> has been so awesome. Please tell us where everybody can find you, your website, if you're on any social media. Again, say the name of your book and where it is.
1: Yep. So my book, again, is Find Love Again, Learn to Date Like a Goddess. And I am Allison with two L's, Jane with a Y. So J-A-Y-N-E. So I'm Allison Jane, goddess maker on TikTok and Instagram. And anybody listening can go to learntodatelikeagoddess.com. Download the free ebook, get
0: tapping instructions, contact me directly there, all that good stuff. Awesome! Well, very cool. And I will put all of your links down in the podcast notes, and as well as a book link, so people can just easily click right through. All
1: right, great. Thank you so much for having
0: me on. This is yes, thank you for coming. This has been very intriguing and interesting, and it's people need this info, so it's awesome. So thank you. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. All right. Thank you, Allison, for all of that amazing, intriguing stuff. That whole EFT tapping stuff is so intriguing to me. And it's amazing that it actually affects you physiologically in your brain chemistry. I mean, what an amazing thing that is. I think that is so incredibly crazy and amazing. And I love all that she shared to help people have a better relationship and find your goddess, right? Yes, so check down in the podcast show notes for all of her links and also mine. I will put my link tree there where you can find all of my audio books and my erotic books and all the spots where I am all over the internet, all my subscription sites and if you really love my erotic fiction level, you would love to join my exclusive level of this podcast for three dollars a month where you get extra hot audios that I don't put out to the general public but you have to be a member to get them is $3 a month, but you can join that and check it out. There's no obligation. You can cancel at any time, but you can come and taste all my exclusive yummy audios. If you join, I also have a Patreon that you could do such similar things as well. There's more there. There's images and stories as well, text. So thank you so much for listening and don't forget to come today. That's becoming my catchphrase. Don't forget to come today. Enjoy your body. Enjoy your genitals. Make yourself come. Flood your body with those amazing natural hormones that will make you feel better. Relieve your stress and help your body be healthier. Bring that blood flow down to your genitals and make them healthier. Make you feel better. Come today. You need to do it. Whether you do it with yourself only or with a partner or partners, make sure you come today. You have an amazing fucking day. I love ya. Bye-bye now. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.